Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Tailgate Show. We are uh, very excited right now to bring on a very special guest, uh, someone who's going to be joining the show regularly and then also uh, providing some content for uh, the Brawl Network website and some awesome videos. And he's uh, one of the most legendary Bears fans out there. Uh, so right now uh, joining the show, we have Tim Shanley. How are you doing, Tim? Hey, I'm good, Aaron. How you doing out there? How you doing, Brian? Hello, everybody. How's it going out there? It's great, man. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we are super excited to have you on, of course, um, and we're super excited to have you uh, join the show as a regular. Uh, those uh, Bears fans who don't know who Tim is, uh, he is uh, not only one of the most legendary Bears fans out there, but he is uh, – you know, pretty much one of the kings of tailgating for uh, Bears games, um, founder of the Chicago Bears Tailgating Club, and uh, he has a, a big uh, bus called The Bus, which is perfect for The Tailgate Show, uh, of course, which is our show, and, uh, you know, he's a legend in the tailgating community, uh, but, you know, we, we want to get him on and get his thoughts about the season, uh, but this year, of course, is is very different. Um, Tim has been traveling to every home game uh, for years and years and years and years, uh, and this is going to be a year where, uh, you know, obviously there are no fans at Soldier Field tomorrow. There are no tailgates uh, happening in the regular lots like they normally are. Um, so how do you feel, Tim? How do you feel on the eve of what would normally be a time, you know, of great preparation and excitement uh, for, for doing what you do for so many years. Uh, but now it's going to be a little different. Yeah, you know, first of all, thanks for that great intro. I appreciate all of that. I greatly appreciate it. And, uh, well, I can honestly say that, you know, uh, very surreal to say the least. It's like, um, how can I say, it's kind of like if you're waiting for something really big to happen, you know, like say a wedding and you're all antsy prior to the big thing happening, except nothing's going to happen here. You know what I mean? It, it's, the, it's one of the strangest feelings I've ever came across in a while emotionally, you know, when it comes to this thing, you know. Uh, to be, to be uh, how can I say this, you know, to be involved as far as I am and as deep and as long as I am, and now just to be sitting here neutral, it's a it's crazy feeling, you know. But we're in a new world. We're all going to adjust. We'll all be back hopefully one day. But for now, it's it's really hard to put into words, Aaron, how I feel at this time. So, Tim, can you uh, kind of tell us, like, maybe one one of your, like, favorite tailgating experiences since you – I mean, you've been doing this a long time, so I'm sure I'm sure you have uh, some, some pretty awesome experiences. Uh, let's see. Gosh, there's so many. I'd have to say that the, 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 the biggest one was when, uh, when I got selected to get on the Food Network, Tailgate Warriors with Guy Fieri, back in uh, 2009 and then again in 2010. You know, when I got that phone call, you know, that, that was like the ultimate. You know what I mean? Like I reached the pinnacle of tailgating. And, then win, and to win that first year, to take that title, it was just uh, it was an amazing feeling. That, that, without a doubt, that has to be the biggest high that I've ever had is reaching that goal, getting to the goal and then being able to grab that and win this thing, you know, on national television, especially right in my wheelhouse with everything I do. So that was the greatest moment I ever had. And on the other hand, a quick year later, one of the worst moments I've ever had is when we ended up being runners up in 2010. 
that feeling was just the opposite. So I experienced extreme highs, and that one there has to be one of the best ever was getting picked and then winning that thing, as well as extreme lows to where, you know, I lost that. It was devastating. So there's a lot of them, but those two would stick in mind as far as the greatest and the worst, both at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. One of the things we always do on this show when we have uh, fans on and and uh, guests who are obviously our Bears fans is we kind of ask you to give us a little snapshot or a story of how your Bears fandom became uh, started, you know, came to be. I, I know you are from this area, but now you live down in uh, Austin, Texas. That's correct, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it started out just, you know, born and raised in the Bridgeport community there, just four miles south of Soldier Field. And, uh, you know, my father brought me to my first game at Soldier. Uh, first year they were at 71, I think that was, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. there we were on the 50-yard line. And, you know, I'm out there on the sunny fall afternoon, and it just resonated with me. It stuck with me. I, I, I was just it was something I never experienced or felt before. You know, I'm, I'm seeing dick buckets roaming around out there, things like that, you know. Yeah. And to this day, I still talk about that right now. That visual is right in my head because we were on the 50-yard line. Uh, mayor Daly, the original Mayor Daly, his seat, so there was a plaque on the wall. I remember seeing it as a little kid and uh, just blown away. And, and, you know, and then, you know, my father being my idol, and, and, and he owned a bar here, you know, Southside, blue-collar guy, owned a tavern, all about sports. Well, when I was 16, he passed away from cancer. I lost him. And that aspect of entertaining in sports is what really stuck with me, and especially the Bears, because we had this thing together with that. And that's what really got me started in this whole thing was just him, you know. And it just, look where I'm at now, you know, uh, 60 years old now, and I'm still doing the same thing I was doing then, basically. So, yeah, it all started with him. All back in Soldier, all the way back in '71. So, talking about how things things started for you, like where where did the concept of the bus come along? So, uh, we'll fast forward. You know, uh, we're gonna go all the way up to let's see. Three, it was Thirty First Street? There was still the green. If you remember, Old Lakeshore Drive we used to park on the other side of the lot there, on the other side of Lakeshore Drive. And as it went on, they they we ended up on the east lot of Soldier Field, right next to Soldier Field there. And now there was a gener- there's a group of guys from Bridgeport, generation older than me, and they owned the bus. Okay, rumor has it they're Chicago's finest, and rumor has it that that game that that bus, which is a former school bus, was one in the junkyard when they were playing cards there. Their friend couldn't uh, somebody won a hand. There was too, not enough money in the pot, so they took the bus, they painted it, and they brought it out there and called it the bus. And uh, I would be tailgating just five rows away from them, five, you know, slots away, front row, right next to Soldier Field. Again, I was a gen- generation younger than them, not that that mattered. But I was with a different crew. But, you know, I'd always come back and forth and we talked. We all know everybody. And uh, then we'll fast forward up from there. From That was 1990 when the, when the bus first got out there. And then in 2000, they were done. And they jingled the keys in front of me and they said, hey, look, you want this? And they handed me the title. They gave me the bus. Ralph White, he knew that that bus would be in the right hands. That was a perfect match for that. So he gave me the keys. And when he did, of course, it wasn't running, and it was all beat up, and we just rebuilt it slowly and then marketed it, and it matched. It was my sidekick. It it was what I needed. It's exactly what I needed to do what I needed to do. You know, it was a match made in heaven. Ralph knew that. And and in 2000, I got the keys, and, you know, to this day, that's where we're at, you know. So does the bus – 
does the bus stay up here in storage or do you actually drive it all the way from from Texas every year? Well, no, you know, you have to keep in mind that we have, we're in the second phase of this now. We have a second bus out. So the original oh, bus okay. was, the original bus was a 1974 school bus. Okay? Mm. And that was in the junkyard when they pulled it out in 90. And, you know, so one of my uh, partners, Robert Brown Barrett, Bob, the mechanic who passed away and we lost him last year, he was, the, he was the mechanic. So he rebuilt the motor. We were able to drive it down to, to Miami to the Super Bowl in 06. And it's been on the road and things nice. like that. But it finally got to the point to where it wasn't deemed safe. There was nothing else Bob could do to keep right. that bus safely running. It was a danger driving right. it. Even from, even from Bridgeport to Cermak and Wabash was a terrifying white knuckle adventure with a load of people, <laughs> with a load of people leading the way. Like so, you know, it was it was brutal. So right. uh, we have a now we have a double decker, a big giant massive double decker tour bus that you used to see going up and down Michigan Avenue. We have one right. of those. Oh okay. wow! So that bus, the original bus, stayed on 39th and Iron, never left Bridgeport. That new bus down here in Austin with me. Where we're re, we're you know we're rehabbing it and fixing it and putting the stickers on it and you know doing all of that. So once it's done, which is supposed to be this year, I just put it on hold, knowing I wasn't going there. Uh-huh. Next year we'll we'll drive it from Austin, all dressed up, ready to go. Then I leave it in Chicago. I'll leave it. Uh, I'll leave it with another one of the charter members out there, Mike Hope, I believe. Uh, they'll have property they have enough room where i could leave it there again four miles from where we tailgate so the convenience is there and then i would plan on bringing it back in the off season back and forth most likely so that's now the initial with, plan with the old bus you had like player autographs in it like was anything done with it to keep like to show people or anything or was like what, what happened to the the old bus yeah great question so what i did was uh we cut out all of the autographs we removed them on the and the panels off the old bus and i had them stored nice. and we took out all the iconic windows that you saw those are all taken out and those will all be replaced those will all be, uh you know attached inside the new rig as you go through the hallway upstairs you're going to always see bits of the old bus autographs pieces of it that we've cut off and then we'll apply inside the new bus for the transition to seem seamless between the both of them. So it's not, it's not like we have a, it's not like we have a new the bus or the bus 2.0. It's not that it's the tradition just carrying on as one, you know, with, with a seamless, you know, with a seamless uh, venture into the, into the new, you could say kind of with the new rig. That's awesome. Kind man. Of, great question. Man. The uh, one of the things I'm sure, you know, Chicago people know and, and fair, uh, fans of the Bears know that the weather out here is completely unpredictable. I mean, you could have a game in September, you know, in October where you might might be cold or it could be hot. You know, I mean, I, I was um, in the tailgate lot uh, the year that we beat the Packers uh, to clinch a division. And that was, you know, it was December and it was it was, you know, 70 degrees, you know, <laughs> during the game. Um What's uh, do you have any uh, stories of of uh, you know kind of getting through rain, sleet, and snow, or, or crazy weather, or anything like that? Sure, absolutely. Uh, Mike Ditka Monday night that game when he got honored on the field against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. You've got that one. You've got uh, the Atlanta playoff game that was a night game, and it was already 11 degrees below zero at six in the morning with the sun out. Okay? <laughs> uh, 
And then all the way back, really, I can go all the way back to before I was even started my streak in 84 coming in. I was with some friends from Bridgeport. We had, we had brought up, snuck some uh, little tiny Miller High Life eight-ounce bottles into the game against the Cardinals. Bob Thomas kicked the winning field goal to knock him out of the playoff. Again, it was so cold out there that when we opened up the little bottle and the air got inside, the whole bottle would just fill with slush immediately. So, you know, you, yes, you do have these really severe conditions. And, uh, you know, it's all about preparation across the board. If it, when it comes to that kind of cold, people more or less hunker inside. They'll jam inside the bus with a little bit of heat in there. You know, you don't want it too hot. You just want to keep it, you know, above freezing or right around freezing because of all the clothing. But, you know, again, you never know what you're going to get out there. You need, it's all about preparation, tents, proper clothing, layers, you know, everything like that. And, uh, and then when you're entertaining people, remember, you guys are going to get in your car and you're going to come and be exposed out there. So I have a, besides, a, I, have a, I see I always have this huge responsibility to keep everybody more or less covered, you know, and, and, and protected with sources mm-hmm. of heat or, or, you know, keep you out of the rain. So, yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the big issues in Chicago. There's no doubt about it. The, the cold, it, that, that severe cold is one thing because it's so rare. Mm-hmm. Rain is really the one. Rain is just, that's the one that really just, it's hard to deal with. It's yeah. really hard. People can deal with that cold weather, but when it's raining on you out there and you're out there at 7 a.m. and there's driving rain pelting off you, it's, it dampens that spirit a little bit. There's no doubt about it. Weather ha- weather's a huge factor not only in in the game itself, but the emotions and, the, and how everybody feels and, and the vibe of the, of the party and things like that, you know, it does make a big difference. Absolutely. Did you, uh, have you been following, um, the, there was an article in the trip about, uh, about, um, Don, you know, the bear man and Paul Zawicki, you know, obviously kind of having their streaks broken as a result of, uh, of COVID, um, you know, are you, are, are you following that at all? Or I, I know, you know, those guys, well, it's funny you mention that because I'm in that article. I'm the third one in. Right, right. So, Do you have any comments yeah. about any of that? Yeah, well, you know, it, w- it was interesting that they did that. It was great, first of all, from, uh, from, from the Tribune to pick up that article on Paul, you know, to start. Uh, now, you hear my story where I'm at, everything I'm going through again. Right. There's other people that are really, you know, really, really feeling like I am. And, you know, Paul Zawicki for sure is one of them. Uh, again, right. 363 consecutive games, okay? Postseason, preseason, on the road, and at home. The last time he missed was uh, 2002, okay? September 15th, almost uh, 18 years of age. September 15th, 2002, he missed a game. I think it was in Atlanta on the road. Since then, he's been to every single game. Think about that, right? I mean, and now last week he's now last week he's tailgating with some of our members from our club, the CBTC. We've had we have groups that are splitting off and doing what they can and, and bringing people in, you know, and he was out on the, uh, with the BM five and mm-hmm. Kenny, Tommy and flattery and the guys, they, uh, they, so, you know, bear man took him out there. There's Paul. Think about this. He's outside, not even in a true tailgating lot, watching the game on a television after since 19, what was that again? You know, with all the stats he has 80 since 2002. So, yeah, you know, I really see it for him. You know, we talk behind the scenes a lot on the phone all of us. You know, the guy's right. done 700. He's been to 700 of them since 81. Okay. Wow. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, our, we're friends with uh, Greg Braggs. Um, you know, and Braggs has been uh, pushing 
pushing to get Paul, you know, he uh, get Paul some recognition and and um, you know for this. Well, yeah, absolutely. Greg's a member of our club. He's a training right. member of DC. And uh, you know, the thing is, Paul is not Paul's not a man of many words. So right. Bear Man, Bear Man led the way. Bear Man got out there, and he's the one who. Uh, you know, he contacted the meetings, reaching out to everybody he knows, and and uh, and the story's picking up steam. That's that's thanks to Bear Man for helping out Paul, because without you know, and, and friends, all his friends, Paul's friends, myself included, you know, mm-hmm. he's not going to say anything. You know, we we just don't go out there and just push his name around. We ask permission right. first, always. That's the that's the culture of this club we're in. We just don't throw people's likenesses and names out there. We we went we went to him behind the scenes and said, come on, you know, you deserve yeah. this, you know. Right. Well, and, and, and then, you know, he, he went on Lyle and Sylvie, um, you know, this weekend and I, I, you know, I, I was, it was hard, you know, you could hear the, 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 the sadness in his voice, you know, that this is, I mean, he's not, you know, he's not crying about it. He understands, but you know, it, it's, it's gotta be hard for him. It is very hard for him. It's, you know, it, you do hear the pain in his voice because, you know, look, yeah. this is what he does. He's a hardworking man. He works hard. He puts a lot of hours in, you know, and, and, and he, this is what he does. This is his outlet in life, and it's shut down completely. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is the main thing to me. You know, Bear Man, there's another one. Now, Bear Man and I, we both started in 84 together. Now, we didn't know each other then, but I would see him running up and down the field with the flag in the end zone, and, you know. Right. Yeah, so, you know, we'll take the Bear Man as well here. You know, he's stuck right now at 199 games in a row, consecutive games. Uh, him and I, okay, we both started, like, in 84, right mm-hmm. at the same time. So, you know, I know from nine numbers in his that were somewhere around 295 games, somewhere 285, 295, including all every piece preseason game ever played at Soldier, all 15 of them. You know, so you know it, it is a lifestyle for a lot of people like us. And uh, you know, here I'm 30. I've missed eight games since '84. I, I can't tell you what a consecutive streak I have. Like Bearman would know, but you know, it dawned on me that I've been to 36 straight openers. You know. Wow. Oh. Traveling like sixteen, I travel sixteen thousand. Every home game for me is a two thousand mile, hectic, frantic by the second, three and a half day blur. Okay, it, it is crazy. The energy, the timing. Remember, I have to balance my life around this as well. Okay, right. if there's a back back game, I'm home on Monday. I leave on Friday, so they wow. give me three. I have, I have to run my company, my family. Mm-hmm. I'm spread out all over the place. And it's this dizzying pace, but it's all, there's a system and it plugs in and it all works. Like behind the scenes, people behind the scenes that help me travel and get me in and out of places, make it so convenient. It's as if I'm driving to the, to the, to the supermarket to go shopping as I, as I do all of this. You know, there, there, There's a system in place that has to be there. So I can plug it in to make this work. There's so much behind the scenes. It's crazy. And, you know, and now I'm idle and I'm just sitting back chilling out, you know, so this does, you know, like I said, the streaks and, you know, Paul at 363, Bearman stuck at 199 and, you know, close to 300 games for both of us. It's just uh, when you sit back and you have time to get away from it all and you can look at this, this is amazing stuff. And I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm not doing that. But when you look at the, you look at the the amount of energy that's put into this just from those three guys alone. That is insane. That's an insane level, you know. Well, I, and I think that that's what separates the Bears fans from 
other fan bases. Not to say that there aren't extremely dedicated fan bases, are, but it's the stories like yours and Paul and Don, and you know, and these type of stories, you know. And and honestly, it's not done because you know there's so much winning going on and so much front running. I mean, it's done out of pure dedication to this team, you know, and doing what you guys love to do because, you know, it's, it's, it's not about, you know, clout or, you know, getting notoriety or anything like that, because to be honest, you know, most of the time there isn't a lot of that to be had in being a bears fan. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, I've only been really a, a really big Bears fan for 20 years. And sometimes I sit there and go, what am I still doing this for? You know, because it's so much frustration sometimes. Um, well, but that's why I think, go ahead. Yeah, the highs and lows, you know. Yeah. The Lovey Smith, the John Fox, the next, right. you know. It's just, that's what we do, right? We stick with it. And, you know, you, you brought up, you brought up a great point because, um, well, you say like the uh, you know the emotion that we have separates us from other fans. Well, in our genre, because you know there's this, there's each city's got this, and we're mm-hmm. tied in with these genres through some certain clubs and this and that tailgating hall of fame I'm in uh, mm-hmm. that goes across the country. And there's a pro, the Pro Football Ultimate Fan Association where Bearman and Paul are members. So the genre spreads far and wide, and when you really get into it like we are into these things, you, you realize that, you know, that that's not the case, that actually each city has these stories and these people. And mm-hmm. I'm talking, you want, you're talking about the lack of success that we, success that we may have. I, there are fans in Cincinnati and Cleveland that, that carry the same torch that Paul carried wow. and myself. They're out amazing. everywhere. They're in the trenches across the NFL. It is really amazing that this passion, you know, fan is short for fanatic, and, and, and that's what we are, you know. And the great thing about that, the great thing about this underground genre of ours is the mm-hmm. communication. So, right. you know, any city we travel to, anywhere we go, we're known, we're respect, we have somewhere to, someone to rely on, someone, there's, there's this whole thing involved with this, and uh, it spreads across the league, and it's a brother and sisterhood. So, you know, our kind of motto is you could hate the team all you want. Don't hate the fan. You know, fan unity is a big deal out there, and uh, it brings a lot to the table. You know, we, uh, at the CBTC, we're known. We're, one, thing that, one thing that we're known for is when these opposing fans come in, including Green Bay, okay, they can walk in there with cheese on their head. I don't, it doesn't matter. Support your team. Wear your colors. Fans first. And that, that, created, that creates such a great vibe and then also – we're known across the league as a somewhere that's safe to go for these fans that are you want to, all they want to do is support their team. Right. You're scared to death to walk through a parking lot, God forbid, throw yourself in the middle of Philly or something. You know, and right, it's, right. It's, it's even hard, it's harsh here, you know, in Chicago. It, you know, it's harsh anywhere you go. But we've created this vibe, and there's this brother sisterhood across the league that kind of, when you're in it, you know where to go and you can sport your colors. And it's not about ch- thumping your chest; it's about Supporting your team and hanging out with people from across the country. It's really exciting stuff. It's really great. It was a great thing you brought up there. I, I just wanted to expound on it a little. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, 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 you don't, it's one of those things that does sort of exist as this underlying, you know, strong subculture to, to NFL fandom. And I think 
as the game becomes much more of a TV game um, and people build, you know, their, their man caves and, you know, their, their, you know, their fan caves and whatnot, which is all great, you know, more power to them. But I think, you know, it may be, I would challenge people to get out and when we get back to normal to, you know, to go out and, and to, to, you know, to be with the fans, you know, and to, to have that full experience. Cause it is, you know, it really does change uh, the way that you, you know, that you perceive a game or you enjoy a game, uh, you know, and Chicago doesn't really have that for college football. So, you know, or, or college sports per se, so that, you know, the bears are, are pretty much, you know, it in terms of tailgating. I know they do a little bit at, uh, at Comiskey, um, but, you know, it's, it's not really – it's you know, the Bears are unique in the Chicago area for, for tailgating. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's just awesome. It's an awesome thing that, you know, that you keep going uh, and everybody uh, – all the fan bases and all the diehard fans keep going. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's unique and it's actually – it's very unique, very suppressed. I mean, the reason I started out at Adler, I ended up at 31st Street, and the tailgating restrictions now are so intense that they can't cover guys like me. We can't physically pull off what we do because you can't get in the lots till 8. You have to be out of the lots by 11.30 shutdown. There's nothing during the games. It's not that a lot of our people are in the parking lot during that, but that's what led me to go out and form the Chicago Bears tailgating club and make it a private club where I went out and I went out to six other guys like myself. Okay. Season ticket holders for over 20 years. Not that that matters. That is not important. The important thing is I see these guys 20 years later, like me in the trenches with their own rigs, doing their own thing, game in game out, getting pushed around from lot to lot running out of space. And I went to these guys and I said, look, this is what I want to do. I want to form a club. And it's all about us, the seven of us, the charter members. All these people that come in and all that, that's all about us seven that are putting this thing together. And if you follow me, I will deliver. And I found a place, and we built it, and that's the premise we're built on. So, you know, yeah, that's uh, tailgating is, it is rare in Chicago. It's almost non-existent except for what we're trying to pull off with us. When, you know, we have, being a private lot, we can open up earlier. Right. Our restrictions are our rest, we're, our restrictions are not the same as the park districts by any means. But right. we have a we have detailed security. Uh, the culture of the club, they know. How, yeah, this is not one thing I always say, and I don't mean to be offensive towards anybody in any way. But one thing I always say, and the image that this club has is, we're not from backward hats, frat house, keg drinking, throwing up at nine in the morning type irresponsible crew you know right we're tight we're family men we work we have you know we're, we're, everybody's having a great time everybody mm-hmm. when these people come out that get invited from these charter members this place fills up and you're right the experience of being outside and with people and doing that is amazing now for me since i'm like in the center of this eye of the hurricane i'm running around i i don't i have a different aspect for me it's just i'm so busy and it's just grinding and grinding but you know as i sit back and i look at people sitting out there just relaxing they're having a sandwich in a sunny day talking with people it's a wonderful experience you know that we're able to provide for people and it's unique it's very unique especially here in chicago with the issues you know 
Well, seeing you guys on TV and seeing the video the Bears did of the, the bus, like I, I've always like envied it almost because I'm sitting here in Connecticut. I, I need to get out there and meet up with you guys, man, because it, it really always looks like a great time. Oh, great. Yeah, thank you. You know, that's that's one thing. Like, listen, that's your home now, man. Don't worry about a thing. When you get in here, you'll be there, and you can count on that, you know. And that, and that's one thing I do take a lot of pride in is, is when we get the exposure. Exposure, you know, um, a lot of, you know, me, 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 look at me, look at me, right? Well, you know, I'm not going to say I, I did the same thing when I started. It's all about trying to get out there. I want my face in front of But now – that's redundant. How much of this, like I tell them the news outlets, how many times do you want to talk about my pork chop? I mean, really, it gets boring, and I don't want to do that. So my relations with the media is where they allow me to go in, and, and I can explain to them what, what edge I'll have, what angle I have for this day, what we're going to do. So this allows me then, in turn, to kind of structure the way that we're being marketed out there in the media and on videos. So it's it's a great point, but I think because we bring out, you know, it's, a, it's October. I could be surrounded by the women of tailgating. We can do one, you know, we do one on posing fans. And, you know, I just keep everything fresh. And any time yeah. that camera in front of us, we're fresh and we're excited. It's never the same thing. And it's never, even though I'm in the front, I'm the front man, it's not about me. I'm able to take it and take it in because they want me. But then I, I bounce it off me and bring it out and bring out all the good and all the fun and everything. And, and I'm glad you're picking up on that energy because that, that's definitely a work hard on that. Thank you for that, Brian. Well, and you would think, too, it's funny because, you know, you watch it on TV. And now that I've been to it, you know, and it was a great experience, you know, I was thankful to Braggs for inviting us, you know, and, and he was very mindful of saying, you know, like, hey, this like, you know, he kind of made sure that we understood, like, this isn't like, you know, invite your your idiot friends like this is you know this is a this is like a you know this is it's it's a, it's a club you know not like a super exclusive club but it's not you know it's not you know there's no like jumping off of buses onto tables not to Ooh. not to not to diss the bills mafia but you know what I mean? like, that's a not... hold up there though for one minute i will defend them that's very mm-hmm. rare there like i was right, I, right. I was up there with my brother like i met pinto ron like you don't see that it's that's like in the outskirts but, right. of course and I'm not yeah. saying that's their whole deal, but I'm just saying, like, you see some of the extremes of tailgating, and that's not what you guys do, and that's what's great about it. And, you know, it was is very good-natured. I remember when we were there, you know, the Fox Sports was there filming, you know, um, you know the, the, all the Packer fans who were there, you know, um, with the, the, you know, I'm not sure what the guy's name is, the guy that wears the overalls and dresses up. You know, that's on the pack. That's the Packers guy. And then it was Bear Man and everybody was on either side, you know, doing a little bit for the TV and whatever. And it was just, you know, it was just a good vibe. Like, you know, you never felt like there was going to be a fight or like anything stupid like that. And that was cool, you know, um, um, to see, you know, and I think what's funny is people don't realize that, you know, it's a good distance away from this from Soldier Field, you know, and, and I wish that. You know, I wish that the stadium and the park district weren't so, you know, restrictive, um, you know, so that so that you guys, don't, you know, have to be so far away, um, you know, because uh, that was the one, you know, it's a hike after after the tailgate ends to get to the game, um, you know, when it's all done. Well, yeah, you know, we are we're two miles from the stadium. about Right. That's what, and, uh, you know, and that puts us. You know, the, the easy point is that is that pedestrian bridge, which is like less than a mile from us. Right. You know, over, so, you know, we I thought about that. We did think about it. Um, and that's why we provide those, you know, again, uh, Laura Garris from uh, 
Laura Garris is like our transportation director. Mm-hmm. She, uh, out of the blue, she stepped up. That's another thing, people, you know, these charter members, I, I, there's some big players in there. And she came up, and she's, she's the one who managed to get the buses to come in. So we do have the buses that come in and out, like up in Napa. Right. right. And, uh, and that's all, you know, none of that is, you're not charged for any of that. Uh, these guys come out, and they work off the tips and things like that. that you know, they're just out there. And they're, they're going to make, on a Sunday morning, they're out there and, they, you know, out of the kindness and feeling the spirit that we created, like you talk about, and they want to be involved in their there, and, and, and it works on just donations. And right. that's the huge part about this is to have the, that, those buses pull up and able to get people, you know, in and out, you know. Right. That's a big deal for us. So yeah. that, that's a great point, you know. But, uh, you know, it is what is it, soldier. I mean, one thing about tailgaters, okay, we are creatures of habit. We don't yeah. want to be met with ever about anything we don't want to move we want our same spot we don't want to lose six inches we don't want to gain six inches that's how we right. do it right you know the premise of this is all of these, these these six other charter members they've been there as long as me and that's all the way back to the 80s when we could get in the soldier field at 6 a.m you could enjoy your party people can go in your lawn chairs could be out right you know you kind of had your same spot so what i guarantee the charter members in this club is this comfort level see Mm -hmm. they have their spot it is their spot they can pull in there at six in the morning they can pull in there at well they got to get before the crowds if they don't come in their spot's not used they can then have their cars say the rig's not gonna say the rig breaks down they have a lot of problem with older rigs well that's still their spot they'll pull in with their cars and they'll have that so they have the comfort of knowing which is huge for guys like us but they have their own spot they park their rig they set up the same way every sunday i they know you know what markers where to be there's only six, uh, seven of us total that really throw this whole party, and that's the comfort level I'm able to provide them. If their families don't want to go in the game, during the game, the chairs are there and the awnings are down, there's security in there, you know, it, it's comfortable and, uh, and responsible. You know, Newton, Newton Games, by 5.30, that lot's empty, you know. There's no right. after party. There's none of that. You know, that, right. that was young, those were the younger years. You know, things have changed. We're, we're not out there in soldiers. We can't do that anymore. So, right. you know, lots cleaned up. We're in good standing. You know, another important thing is, you know, again, we're somewhere basically for 48 hours a year, okay? Mm-hmm. Six hours, eight games on average, okay? Right. We come in, and one of the things I didn't want to have was this image of us just booming into somebody's neighborhood, taking over this lot, doing all this stuff, and then pulling out and just like, yeah, you know, in and out. So... That's, and we all, I have a charity tailgating for hunger, and we kind of redirected it from food, which we have donated a bunch, but we went and, and, and kind of turned it over and went to the third ward. That's where we're located. I went to the Alderman Pat Donald and the third ward, and we started to give to the toy drives. And when I asked for toys from these members here, I mean, let me tell you something. One thing about the CBTC and its members, they're all top shelf. I don't ask for much, and when I do, these people deliver. We have vans filled with toys. We fill a whole room in the ward office. So we're in there. We're grateful to be there. And we want to also show through our genre our support for people in need because a lot of us do that. That's kind of a lot of charities are driven through things like this. And uh, so I just redirected the food and kind of concentrated on the, on the needy kids in the third ward, which is up and down that State Street corridor there. You know, these poor right. kids, sometimes they don't have anything under that tree, you know. We're yeah. able to provide a lot, and, and, and she's, we've, we've, we're making a mark. 
It might be small, but we're making a mark on it, and, and that's the idea there, you know, to let everybody know we're not there. We're not getting out of there. We're, we might be here, thank you, and we want to be noticed. We want to be known as a neighbor more than just what we are. So that whole image is always driven. It's procured from the beginning to be responsible, clean, do it the right way, you know, with, with moral conduct and things like that. And, and it seems to be working. Now, do, you, do you guys have like a, a, web, a website for that we can promote or no, anything along those lines? No, it's the Chicago Bears tailgating club. See, unfortunately, we're a private club. Uh, yep. And with the another great point here, I just wanted to talk about, I'm glad you asked this question, is social media and where we're at, okay? It's a bad time out here. I mean, people, the, the things that people are saying, adults, if my kids ever said some of this stuff, they wouldn't see the light of day for a week. So there's this back and forth in this culture out there. Well, mm-hmm. the biggest controversy we have on that on that club page was Foles and Trubinsky. There's no politics. <laughs> there's no foul language. There's nobody swears on that page. And that bombs are not going off. It's, it's it's as clean as the image that you see when you're when you're in Connecticut looking at it through right. and through. So that culture, the only way I can keep that culture, I'm not opening the doors of the public. It's not going to be that way. I did that before, and it backfired on me. You know, years ago. That's why I started this this club. That's another reason why. But we won't you know, we'll move on from that. But uh, you know, so with all that in mind, we're we're happy where we're at. We have 2,000 members. There's none of this political jib jab on there. Every once in a while now, because of the situation with the NFL, we'll get some comments out there. I'll see about how people feel about certain things. And, uh, you know, if it's vulgar, I just take it off. I don't make a big deal. I'm not jumping up and down. People have the right to speak, you know, free speech. But just use your own, you know, I'll message behind the scenes. Look, man, you have your opinion. That's great. Just use your own platform to promote it, okay? And that culture in that club is fantastic. It's clean. So that's why we don't promote outside of where we're at. And, you know, there's a lot of people that want to get in there. I, I take my time, you know. I, I look at these people and I go into their Facebook pages and I see how they are as people. I see what they post. I'm nobody to, I don't judge anyone, but I also protect what is ours in that right. image. I right. keep it very and very close to the vest. So, yeah, you know, we are the Chicago Bears tailgating club. If anybody wants to come in and request acceptance, please feel free. We do check, you know. I do grab it. I go in there, and I, I do allow people in that I feel that are not going to be controversial. We're not looking for controversy by any right. means. You know? Right. Now, you did yeah. bring up Foles and Mitch. So, like, it, uh, what's, your, what's your take on the team this year? How are you, how you feeling about the – Well, the... just look at last week, and there it says it all, right? There you go. There you go. How's that say? Quick and short answer. How about that? <laughs> There's Mitch again doing Mitch. Can barely thrown out like ass. Almost like a – you know, can barely check off to the – to the, to the back, right, on a checkoff, looking horrible. And then, you know, one thing about the kid, we all know, he seems to have fourth-quarter moxie. He does show it late, okay? He's, he's done this a few times already in his short career. But uh, overall, we should have lost that game. That wasn't Mitch's win. That was Detroit's loss. They dropped a wide open. T- come on. The, guy, the ball right. was in his hands, wide open. That's a loss. That, that's one of those. That's one of those against Detroit. Remember, remember Calvin Johnson at Soldier Field? They changed oh, the reception yeah. because of that one, too, when they scored. Yeah. You know, sometimes luck's on your side. Who knows? But, uh, 
Yeah, we got a. Uh, we put up a petition uh, to have Patricia get a contract extension because because uh, he's he's such a great coach for the Bears uh, to to go against. <laughs> so we're we're hoping he can he can be extended. Um, but yeah. But yeah, you know we're excited to have you on board. Uh, you know we know you're going to bring uh, your expertise to our fans. You know to show them that you know some of the best practices for doing their own tailgates, whether it's at home or you know at a stadium. You know hopefully in the very near future. Um, you know and uh, you know like I said, we hope to have you on talk a little bears. Um, you know uh, <laughs> for the show, and then uh, you know you're going to be doing some videos for us, and you're um, we've already working on getting your first article up which is just kind of you know a little bit of where you're at you know where your head's at um you know now that uh, you're 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 gonna be doing things differently i mean i think everybody's you know in the same mode of uh you know how do we engage with this and we're all happy that football's back and and that our bears are back but it's a different you know it's a little bit of a different world so um we we you know we want to you know, kind of bring your passion into what we do. And that's what we're about is we're just fans. You know, we're not here to tell people how to be fans and tell people that we're experts or, you know, we know more than the coach or anything like that. We're just passionate fans and we get mad and we get hyped and, you know, we switch back and forth at the drop of a hat, you know, and, and we try to keep it as real as possible. But, um, you know, that's, that's what we're most excited about having you on board regularly is just to kind of, you know, really tie in that, that true tailgate aspect of things. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. You know, in the intro, well, the intro doesn't reflect the good times ahead of us. Uh, but you know, you asked me to write something and we were talking about this, how our plan of attack. And when I woke up this morning, those are, those are, that's the real deal written right there about my feel. You know, it's kind of, you know, it's just, just think a year ago, the story would be completely different. So yeah, I want people to check, take a look at that and read that intro. It's, it's kind of from the heart, that one to say the least, you know, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing videos for you. Yep. Absolutely. Looking forward to doing that. There's no doubt about that. Uh, what I'm going to probably, I'm going to have a few out there. We're going to talk about grilling and recipes and uh, we're going to re-release some videos through your, uh, through your website and, and everything awesome. like that. Awesome. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get some tailgating tips out there. We're going to check in from time to time. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, basically, every home game, stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, so I'm really, really looking forward to that stuff, without a doubt. Awesome, Tim. Well, uh, you know, we, th- we thank you for being on with us. Um, we're really excited to team up with you. And, um, you know, we're, we're excited, hopefully, to uh, start off the season tomorrow with, uh, with our first home victory of the year. Any, any quick thoughts before we let you go on, on the Giants game? Anything, uh, you know, any predictions or anything you want to throw out there about that? Yeah, you know, tell you the truth, man, this, this is a W here. There's no – this Giants team is, you know, it's just – it goes through their – through Saquon, but I'll tell you, if they, they can't, they can't do anything. The Bears should. This looks like a rollover game to me. I, I just, you know, if there was ever a time to prove that, you know, it's time to score some points and really dominate a game, I'm thinking this is the one. I know no preseason and it's early and they're just starting to hit each other, and but I don't see if there's any kind of reality that what everybody sees here. That reality should be shown tomorrow without a doubt against this Giants team. That's my prediction. I don't have a score. But I'm looking at a dominant – we should have a dominant performance on both sides. They know that they're going to run the ball. Now, that guy can throw the ball over the top a little bit. We have a good enough secondary to hold them down. But it all goes through the running game with them. 
That's all they have to do is stop that guy, and we should be able to destroy that team. Yeah, and with Quinn coming back, we're hopefully going to get to see the, you know, the defense of the Bears defense uh, at close to full strength, you know, as much as it's going to be without with Goldman missing the year. But yeah, I think, um, like you said, I think this this uh, should be a game where the Bears can can, you know, have a convincing win instead of escaping by the skin of their teeth. Finally, I'm talking. You know, it's been a long time. You know, not only this year, but let's go back. You know, I mean, it's time. Yeah. It's time to it's time to go in there and be a controlled team right. to be a team that's a better team than the other one and act like it and show up like it, you know? Right. No more of this back and forth, you know? Right. Maggie, what is calling to? Let him know. Listen, at this point, with Mitch, let him run. Open it up. Let him The guy could throw on a dime when he runs. You know, he had him in that pocket passing situation. Let him go. If he gets hurt, I'm sorry. NFL, not for long. Nick is sitting there at 24 mil on the back. Not that that would work. We don't know. But come on, man. you got to let it go. It's time to let it go. Right. Right. So, anyway, I guess we could leave it at that. It's been yep. a pleasure talking to you guys. I'm looking forward to the next one. And, uh, and we'll have fun from there for sure. Awesome, man. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Yeah, hey, absolutely. Thanks so much, Tim. We'll talk to you soon. Right. Take care.